Welcome to the Equestrian Connection podcast from WeHorse, the online riding academy. My name's Danielle Kroll, and I'm your host. On this episode, we're talking with Alina Detoli, an equestrian photographer and video artist. Alina combines creative and equine elements in order to capture the special moments between horses, their riders, and owners. If you haven't seen her on Instagram, you need to check out her beautiful and inspiring work with many talented riders, including working with our recent podcast guest, Anna Buffini. I'm so excited to chat with her today and discuss things like how she got started with combining her two passions as her career, what it's like working within the equestrian industry in a creative way, what advice she has to make the most out of photo shoots, and so much more. So let's dive in. Elena, thank you so much for joining us on the We Horse podcast today. Um, I'm really excited to chat with you about working in the equestrian industry, but in a very different way from you know, what we generally think of as trainers and coaches and breeders, um, more, much more of a creative way. So I'm really excited to talk about that. And thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to start at the very beginning. Um, how did you get into horses and what were your first few years like as an equestrian? Yeah. So I think we all had at this like a, a one horse we loved uh, like yeah I don't know for me it was a friend who loved horses and I wanted to be her friend so and she I used to go to this like summer camp for horses and I was like yeah I just go with you but I had nothing to do with horses and I actually I was more like into guinea pigs than into horses I had like <laughs> Yeah, two at home, and I love these and like Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was eleven, around eleven, I think. So um, I I went there with her, and I loved it. They gave me like this cute pony called Polo, and I think Polo was the reason I like kept going there because I kept going there. I was there like on every, what is that actually called? Like a summer, like it's such a summer vacation. It's also like Easter. Is it a, a holiday or is it, how do you say that? I'm um, sure. Would it be around the March season? Yeah. Yeah. Easter. So we call it like spring break, March break, things like okay. that. The breaks. Okay. So I went there for like spring break and like every occasion I could go there. I was like, yes. I want to go back there. And I rode a different kind of ponies and it was like a super, it wasn't like a fancy place. It was like super, we had like bunk beds and, you know, like it it was super like um, outdoorsy also. And we just like rode outside the horses, like we just uh, did hacks. And that's how I went into the whole equestrian thing. But then also when I came home, I was like, I need more horses because I always went there for like the summer breaks and uh, spring breaks. And I was like, I need more horses. So I found this Hufflinger breeder um, 45 minutes with the bus from my hometown. I drove with the bus every uh, day after school and helped him like cleaning the stalls, taking care of the horses, exercise the horses. I did not ride. I did just take care of the horses. I just helped to take care of the horses. So uh, so I always was more the kind of like groom kind of person than mm-hmm. the uh, rider kind of person. That's, uh, yeah, but it was the beginning of my whole riding <laughs> or equestrian. Do you wish you could have a better partnership with your horse, but aren't sure where to start? Do you want to advance your riding or horsemanship, but don't have access to the ideal resources in your area? Does the idea of learning about horse training whenever and wherever, and at a price that won't break your horse bank, sound appealing to you? 
Check out WeHorse.com to access over 175 online courses with top trainers from around the world. We have courses on everything from dressage to groundwork to show jumping to bodywork. And as a member, you get access to everything in our WeHorse library to watch whenever you want. Oh, and we also have an app, which means you can download a course or video to watch without Wi-Fi, which is perfect for those days at the prime when you want a quick dose of training inspiration before your ride. So what are you waiting for? Go to wehorse.com and check out our free seven day trial to access our WeHorse library and see if it's a good fit for you. We can't wait to see you in there. And now back to the episode. So funny. I have a very similar start. Um, my friend, I was eight and my friend started taking riding lessons and I was like, well, if you're going to do it, then, you know, I guess I'll do it too, because we're best friends and that's what best friends do. You know, like you just, you, you just do what your friends do. And I got so obsessed with it. And I have to laugh when you said guinea pigs. I was like, I had rats and I had hamsters. Like I had all these little creatures and I thought, I'll just get into horses too. And then of course that just becomes, you know, an even deeper obsession. Yeah, that is so funny. Like, really. I also had uh, rabbits. I still have one rabbit in Germany. He lives with my cousin. But I, I was like always into like the, you know, all kind of animals, to be yeah. honest. Not just horses, like all kind of animals. Yes. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you have to be an animal person to be a horse person. It's like it, it comes with the territory. You have to be an animal lover in general. Yes. Yeah, that is true. So you were doing photography while you were in Germany, we had, you know, just briefly discussed this before we started recording. And you had mentioned that you were doing equestrian photography to start. Did you do any other type of photography? Uh, Like, how did you get into photography? Was that a passion? Did you start taking pictures, you know, of friends and family? Did you just want to take pictures of the horses? How did that all start? So funny story, but... (laughs) actually also with my guinea pigs um I took pictures like I made a model for me I like set them up um set them up um on these like little what's it called like um sofas and couches and made them like look into the camera that kind of that yeah I don't know how old I was like eight or nine or so (laughs) but then I really like started the photography when I sold my first horse I was financially um I had to do it. I was forced to sell him because I couldn't afford him Mm -hmm. anymore because he got super sick and I was able to pay all the vet bills. But I knew that if he would get um, sick again, I couldn't pay for it anymore. So I Mm -hmm. sold him to my very best friend, also my roommate. And I still know how he is. And he's he's now 20. Um, But when I sold him and it is like so it's like still so emotional for me. um, I was like falling into this like deep hole because as a rider and a horse owner, you spend like every second with the horse, right? Like after work, you go there. Before work, you go there. You'll be like all the time with your horse. But then when I sold him, I was like, okay, what to do now? Like, I have no idea what to do with myself. And so I borrowed a camera of a friend and I just started to take pictures of um, my friend's horses and my friends with their horses. And um 
yeah, so that's actually how it all started. And then I I expanded the whole thing because my friends with the horses, they started to get married. They started to get babies. And so I took pictures of the wedding, of the baby, of the engagement. And that's how I started into the whole thing. And I tried every kind of uh, photography, like maternity, um, newborn, wedding. And I just figured that wedding people and also horses as like, the kind of thing I want to stick with. And that's mm-hmm. what I offered until I moved here. I, I did wedding a lot, um, maternity a little bit, then couples and horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that made you decide that you wanted to, you know, niche with equestrian photography or was it just, okay, I love horses. My friends have horses. I like taking pictures of horses. This is really fun. And then it just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. Mm, I, I'd say it's about emotions. And every time I get something that is like in between two individual, it, and it doesn't matter if people or horses or animals, I feel that. And with horses and people, or uh, yeah, I just think it's so special. It's such a special bond. And I love to focus on that. And to only focus on horses that much, that actually happened uh, here in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just specialized in dressage too. So um, yeah, I'm like in this like super small niche or niche or whatever. I don't know how to say that. Um, so yeah. It just happened. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I never know how to pronounce the word either. I say niche, but I hear people say niche or, yeah, or something like that. I have no idea how to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm just glad that you knew what I was talking about when I said it. Yeah. So um, speaking of like capturing the emotion. So we all know you can look at a photo and you can feel the emotion, whether it's love or anger or you know, um, fear, you, you see that in a photograph and you've now also ventured a bit into, um, videography. And I have to say, I love your videos. And obviously with that, we can see emotions so much more. Was it that you wanted to get into even more of the capturing of the emotion? Or do you find that, you know, the trends of social media was bringing you more into the videography? Like, how did that all come about? That's a super interesting question, because um, I started videography um, four years ago, like a long time before, like Reels and TikTok was a thing. Mm -hmm. I think we had IGTV is it called IGTV I think and we had YouTube of course and some other uh, uh, things but it wasn't like that big but um, I did a lot of coachings and workshops back then and I remember that one of the guys his name was uh, Calvin Hollywood he's a German guy so I don't think uh, people here know him but he's like uh, he, he was uh, back then the guy to know when you did photography. He did people photography, but um, there wasn't like like all these workshops for horse photographer and stuff that wasn't existing back then. That all, it all came uh, later. So uh, we listened to him a lot, what he said, and he once said, and I think it was him. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think it was him. He said. Um, a video will be the new picture in the future and I was like huh maybe he's right so that could Mm -hmm. so maybe happen so I started to um to film my friends and then um the first bigger companies uh came up to me uh, and were like hey we love 
uh, what you do. Uh, could we do um, the winter autumn collection with them? Sure. So, and that's how it actually all started. But then I stopped doing a videography for like maybe like a year or two when I moved here. Uh, I stopped doing that again. Um, but now I'm I'm fully back because now I think um, the video became the new picture. I think mm -hmm. it became true. And uh, yeah, thankfully I started uh, super, super early. So I knew a little bit about the whole also like technic stuff before I needed it. So uh, yeah, I was just being really lucky that I uh, um, participated this workshop and heard what the guy said. So I was like, yeah, that's maybe true. So yeah. Absolutely. It's like you're ahead of the trend. So you already knew what to do and how to do it when the popularity came about rather than, you know, scrambling to try to learn it, yeah. you know, to, to keep up with things. Um, you know, that's, that worked out really well. Yeah. And also I think um, the whole video thing, it just came overnight. Like it, overnight absolutely. you had to do videos, otherwise you're not being seen. Like it was, it's, it's so crazy how fast this like came. Like absolutely it, it changed. Yeah. I, and it was a, it was a huge, um, like I, I know for myself, um, working in marketing, um, and, and social media and that it, it was a big adjustment because suddenly you had so much more work to do. <laughs> you, know, yeah. like, you couldn't just take a photo or, uh, you know, maybe put together a couple of photos as a carousel. Suddenly it was like, we all became video editors overnight. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, and, and the nice thing is that they made it pretty simple for us. I can't imagine, um, you know, doing the work like you do, which is taking like the raw video and making it look nice. For me, it's just, you know, letting Instagram do the work where you put the video you in and you pair the sound and and all that it's um but yeah to to do the the real videography and, and photography work I just think it's such an interesting industry and when we look at the equestrian industry and we look at like I had mentioned earlier so many of us assume okay if I want to work in the horse world I have to become a trainer or I have to be a breeder, or I have to own a, you know, a farm. Um, and, and there's so much to that, but there's so many little um, things behind the scenes that maybe we don't think about, such as photography, such as, um, you know, managing somebody's social media for them, all of those different jobs. And when you look at what you do, what is it like to work in the equestrian industry or in the horse world but to do it in an out-of-the-box way or in a creative way I think we all have in common that we love horses that is like the one thing we all uh, combine and that's what we all needed to get started and um, to uh, to be and be able to find our jobs um and I've seen this all around the world when I worked with all my my writers because I have so I have like writers at like uh, in Germany and in Holland and um, now also in America and um, you have to like love horses and you have to know horses and you have to know the sport also a little bit to know what these people need and mm. um, also the brands, what they need. And I, I've i seen so many nice pictures of like clothes, clothing brands that um, did not 
hire someone who knew horses they just added a horse into the fashion shoot and you can just tell that this shoot is not about the horse it's about the clothing and it's like it's like a different kind of view to um what you yeah I don't know what they show or what they want to show so and with me as an equestrian photographer in the equestrian industry I just have a different kind of view also to the horses and I know how to get the best parts of the horse but also of the person because you want to make the horse look majestic what, what is the word majestic yeah yeah yep. majestic and you want to make it show its best parts like the best parts of its body and and uh, uh many horses have like different um what is that like they have different best parts of their body and you want to show exactly the best parts of their body and you have to be able to see that and i don't think you can see it if you don't know horses if that makes mm -hmm. sense absolutely and there's something we said if you are an equestrian and you're looking at you know a, a company that um is selling breeches as an example and the horse doesn't look its best you know whether it's just a very unflattering shot or or what it could be um and knowing that wasn't an equestrian photographer so they didn't think well we have to make sure the horse looks really good too mm -hmm. yeah it's also the faces while riding you have to get a shot of the perfect face is it called face <laughs> you know what i mean while like, the horse is being ridden no i mean like um the legs how the legs look on the ground you yep. know what I'm, like, i don't like know how to the footstep the footfalls the <laughs> footsteps <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that is very important for pictures because if you i take a picture uphill it's so much better than downhill mm -hmm. like, like the horse has to go uphill and you have to know that because if you don't know horses you don't know that a horse is going downhill instead of uphill mm -hmm. and also um and you never want to show like open mouthers or or like you know it's just, yeah it's but that is something that comes with the knowledge about horses I think mm -hmm. absolutely so what would you say is your favorite part of your job oh um so the favorite part of my job is actually to travel like it's like bad and good but um traveling is one of the best parts about my job I'd say because I get to see all these nice places I mm -hmm. get to meet incredible ride like talented riders I get to see the sweetest persons on earth like I became friends with so many of my clients actually because I I'm just I don't know if that is just being lucky or also I'm a little bit of good marketing because people book me that also like me because I show myself on Instagram and I talk and if people don't like me they don't book me so I end up becoming the clients I I want to have right and um, that is something I feel super fortunate about and um but also like being with the horses because I have a mare she's in Holland right now for training and I uh, know her since she was a baby. My husband, back then he was my boyfriend, bought her when uh, she was uh, a foal. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I saw her growing up and I got her for my 30th birthday <laughs> when she was three. I was completely overwhelmed with a three-year-old, so I gave her to like pros. And she's still with pros being 
um, there and being trained. So I really miss being with horses and being with horses while having the photo shoots. It's something I really love and like pooping nose, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really, that is like some of the best parts of my job. Mm-hmm. Pooping noses, that's always a fun spot. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say is the hardest part of your job? Or the, yeah, let's say hardest rather than the part that like you don't like, um, what would you say would be hard or challenging? Yeah, um, it's absolutely accounting and um, administration. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like taking overhand, it's so much. And, and people can't assume how much time this costs and like the tax consultants and being up to date and paying taxes in advance. And like, it is really, it is a lot. But also traveling is also a lot. Like just um, um how I said it like it's good and bad mm -hmm. because it's so much fun but also it is really exhausting being mm -hmm. on tour and to live out of the the suitcase to be on the road all the time going to bed late night standing up super early before sunrise and to see the next client it's like all super combined like everything is super combined and still finding time to secure all the data then also being in, in a super good mood for my customers because they need to get like a little bit of mm -hmm. energy from me because sometimes they're a little bit like um too excited about the photo shoot so i have to like bring them into a, I'm a good mood with just being there and being nice and not being stressed you know so that sometimes can be hard too Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, you're right about having to be on for people all the time, like having to kind of set the energy. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that would be definitely a tiring part of the job. So what are some things that many people don't know about your work? Like whether it's frequently asked questions that you get or mm -hmm. things that you have to correct people on all the time? Um, I don't really have to correct people, but I think what many people don't know is how much work one shoot is like a one photo session is unbelievable much work like it is so much work and I don't think people just know it it's it's not just showing up and doing the the session it's also the whole process before the photo shoot like sending emails about timing the date clothing how to prepare what package like consulting mm -hmm. and we, we we jump on calls mostly of the time to just discuss what they need then um i have to go there drive there i have to prepare all my stuff i i have to set up when i go there i have to know the location i have to see everything i you just you just have to perform and you have to do so many things for one photo shoot mm -hmm. so and i I think that's something people really don't know. But um, so other than that, I get a lot of questions about Photoshop. Like people want to get Photoshopped a lot, like being slimmed or, or like, I don't know, just like, yeah, different things. And also um, I want to dress like the, the clothing uh, question. That's something mm -hmm. I get a lot. Like, yeah, I don't know what to wear. Mm -hmm. I have a closet full of uh, nothing to wear, like that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And post-production as well. So after the photo shoots, the amount of time spent on editing, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, all of that, I'm, I'm sure is extremely time consuming as well. Yeah, I didn't mention that. Uh, I think I did, but it's actually the most, like this takes the most time then to sort out all the pictures I can't use because 
I don't know, the eyes are closed or the ears are backwards, but then also knowing which of these you still need because sometimes I swap ears or I swap eyes. Like, for example, I have two pictures. Sometimes, like, um, one picture is made out of three or four or five pictures because I take the best parts of, like, these pictures and bring them together into one picture. Like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it takes a lot of work for one picture to get like the one picture but of course I charge that I have to um, charge yeah. the time I need to do that but yeah that is yeah it's possible <laughs> so to those listening um you would be looking at my like mouth agape right now I had no idea that <laughs> um that that happened that you could take multiple different like oh I really like these ears I like this eye and I'm going to put it on this stance, you know, like things yeah. like that. I had no idea that happens. And <laughs> it makes me also feel, um, let's talk about this, actually. The idea of like the social media highlight reel. So right now I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be less judgmental over all of my crappy little cell phone photos that I'll take of my horse and be like, why don't my photos look very good? <laughs> I mean, number one, I'm just using my cell phone. But number two... So when we look at some of these beautiful photos that we're seeing like on social media and things like that, we do kind of have to understand that there could be some Photoshop involved. Yeah, sure. You know, and it's... Yeah, but yeah, sure. Yeah. um, So what about the idea... Obviously, social media is, is a huge topic these days. And it's becoming more and more of a topic for equestrians where we need to have our, our social media about our horses and, you know, we want to try to get like brand deals and be ambassadors for different things. It's just becoming this whole other thing. And do you find that when you had first started photography, it was more so for the love of the photos? Like if I was a client, I would get a photo because I wanted it framed in my house. I wanted to see the beautiful photos and have the memories. And do you find that maybe now it's sort of trickling to, well, I need some photos for my Instagram feed? Uh, actually, it's it's the same than in yeah. Germany. But that's also because of my clients I had. Like I had, like I always had clients that booked me just for the social media part. And I had clients that just booked me for a keepsake, like, I don't know how to say, yeah, but yep. for like pictures to print. And um, because in Germany, I also started, because my mare, when she was three, she bought it at a place where also an influencer girl from back then bought it her horse. And so we ended up to do pictures and um, she had a lot of like different sponsor partners, but that's also, I mean, so when I started, I, um, um, immediately fall into the whole social media thing and I did not have uh, Instagram back then <laughs> I was still just on Facebook that's that's like how long is it ago like seven years maybe I, think. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know like a long time ago and she had so many followers because she was just like up to date and they're early like she had like she jumped on this trend right like uh when it popped up and she had a, a huge following there and also sponsorships and that's how I started actually to do my photography. And um, that's why people booked me through from the beginning through Instagram 
Um, because they saw what I did with her and they wanted mm. to have the same. And so I met them for like the whole weekend and we created content for the next half a year. So we had, I can't tell how many outfit changes we did. Like I can braid hair. So we did like many different hairstyles too. And I can also curl. Like I did all the hair stuff too. And then we dressed the girls differently and we had like content for the whole half a year or maybe like three, uh, three months, maybe not half a year, but at, at least for three months. And then through all these girls and they had a big following, um, I got requests from brands that work together with the girls and so everything kind of started but I still also had the clients that just booked me for printing um, mm -hmm. pictures mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and now if somebody wanted to get started with their own social media page and they think okay right now I'm not able to book a photographer what advice would you give them to how they can make their photos look nice or their videos look nice like is there like specific lighting or angles or, or things like that that you can any advice you can give sure always go against the sun or use sunrise and sunset times it's just the prettiest time and the sun is not that high because if the sun is super high you get hard shades on your face and you don't want to have that or maybe use the shade too like a big shade um, shaded area that's working as well um, you just you always have to watch the light and maybe just google about the lighting because there's so much to know about it would uh, explode this podcast if I would tell you <laughs> right. but just google about lighting for photography because that is the most important thing but then also just be um, authentic be yourself and show your face. Many people forget to show their face and to show them a little bit of personality and they just post quotes. And I don't think that brings you anywhere. Like mm -hmm. maybe you get a little bit of like um, likes for the picture. And I do the same now. I'm also posting quotes. Like I can't like, I'm doing the same at the moment because I'm a little bit lazy with my own uh, um social media because I focus on creating videos that takes like all the time I have so um, I also do a little bit more of the quotes and also I post together with the writers we do the uh, what is that called in English uh, co-author co I think that's in German uh, if you share the post what is that yeah you're right yeah so it's like the the co-author the cross-posting yeah 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 so we have to make it fit like both accounts and we can't be you know like too personal on, mm -hmm. on what we write there because it should fit both of our accounts so yeah but i would just recommend show your face be uh um be authentic and actually i have a friend i have a super good example for a nice uh, instagram account and that is um i think her current because she has many different um accounts and one of her accounts is um mila the mustang but she also now owns a farm and it's called um macy marguerite okay. a marguerite ranch i can't really remember but i yeah uh, and she has no like professional cameras and she does an amazing job with uh, her instagram and social media Mm hmm. No, that's that's great advice. Um, I think remembering to to show up and show your face like you had mm -hmm. mentioned is is very important. Um, so that would be advice for if somebody wasn't able to book a, a photographer at this time. 
Now let's pivot and say, if somebody was able to book a photographer, what advice would you give um, like leading up to the photo shoot? So what do you generally tell people to do the day of, beforehand, um, you know, all of those things to make sure that your photo shoot is a good experience? <laughs> so um, before you even book me, ask the, the barn owner if uh, this photographer is okay to come because sometimes the barn owners or the uh, trainer, they have someone they work with. So make sure I'm okay to be there. So that's the first step I'd say. And then um, just so you have to feel comfortable in your outfit. And uh, I just know it from myself because I used to do pictures with my mare when I just got her. And I was wearing this like fancy striped jeans. And, and I look at the pictures and I, I looked like 10 pounds more. I was like, oh, my God, why did I wear these these trousers? So uh, maybe wear the outfit and do like a picture of yourself. Um, um, make someone do a picture of your of you. <laughs> yep, to take a photo of you. Yep. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you see yourself in the picture in this outfit because sometimes you'll be like, oh my god, no, I don't like myself in that. And that's also why I always tell my clients to bring more outfits because we start the, sh the shoot and I um, show them um, the first few pictures and sometimes they'll be like, oh my god, no, this top doesn't work at all. So they just can go to change and um yeah you have to feel comfortable it doesn't bring you anywhere if you wear the uh, newest dress if you don't feel comfortable or sexy in it you know like mm -hmm. you have to feel yourself like you have to be yourself and if you always wear your hair up and you feel more comfortable in it it doesn't make sense to open you up for the pictures for the photo shoot because you may don't like yourself having your hair down like that is just some things i would always recommend and then um if you also just prepare your horse the same way you would do it for a horse show just clean like deep clean is the is the key is key so deep clean your horse like everything also the nostrils the mouth eyes and um, don't put too much um, shiny spray on the horse because sometimes that can be a, a little bit too much and then just um, trust the photographer. If they uh, tell you something, um, just um, yeah, yeah, follow them. That's uh, that's I think the biggest advice that I can give for your photo shoot. So you had mentioned um, working with some influencers and that originally back in, I think it was in Germany, you had worked with some influencers. And then, of course, now um, in the United States, you're working with some influencers, uh, brands, top riders. What is your advice for if somebody wanted to get into not just photography, but any sort of creative industry within the equestrian world. Um, what's your advice for networking and connecting with those ideal clients? So what I did when I moved here, because I had to start from zero, I looked online on social media. I also searched the web for like, in my case, dressage writers, because I was actually looking for big influencers just the way I did it in Germany but I really couldn't find like these kind of influencers here in Germany it's a whole different world when it comes to horses and Instagram like we have people with huge following and a big engagement and they just like they share a lot in their stories they talk to the camera it's like it's so different to hear and I do the same so I also talk to my camera and sometimes I wonder if Americans think what is she doing <laughs> <But it's> just, <laughs> 
which is, uh, yeah, that's how I know how to use Instagram, just to be active with my clients and to show myself and my, my uh, yeah. So, and that's what I did. And I just texted these. So I follow, like I looked it up and I, I um, checked if, if I liked the writing they showed, if I liked, like, I wanted to make sure that I um, stand behind what they did and I mm -hmm. contacted them. And thankfully they all said, yeah, sure, let's work together. And that's uh, how I ended up having all these amazing um, people in, in my work and, uh, and also um, in my portfolio. I just, I, I just realized I had to go with trainers instead of influencers the way I knew it because that is something I was able to find in America I couldn't find like the big uh, influencers I, I was used to see um, with horses in Germany so I just switched the plan a little bit and and it worked perfectly fine and I actually enjoyed so much to work with all these professionals because I I can just focus on myself and my uh, um on my work because they know what they do right mm -hmm. so I can like really trust because they they are professionals they are like experts in what they do so I can learn also a lot from them and I actually I learned so much from them and also they teach me a lot of English but that's not a story because I came here with like no horse uh, vocabulary because <laughs> we didn't learn that in school so I was like okay can you please just stand close to the horse's back because I I did not know all the words. So they teach me a lot also in like words and, but also in like writing and stuff. So I, so a uh, long story short, reach out to the people you like to work with. And then if you show these people on your social media, other people that will be close to the ones you search for yourself will reach out because uh, what you show, uh, you get booked for. Mm -hmm. that's, that's just a super easy example so for example um if i would show raining horses or islanders or uh, no it's called iceland 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 deck yeah yes um i would be booked for these kind of horses and not for dressage horses uh, right now i just show dressage horses so i get booked for dressage horses that's mm -hmm. like a, that's a little not so secret but it's yeah that's um the that's how i do it yeah, I mean, it's it's all about like the law of attraction, right? That if you want to work mainly in the dressage industry, then showcase dressage. Like if you want to work in the dressage, don't show barrel racing because then you'll be associated with a barrel racing photographer and you actually want to work in the dressage, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. so that, that makes total sense. And then what about brands, um, you know, working with brands and things like that? Like how did you establish some of those connections? Was it because you had worked with some big names and, you know, it, it trickled from there or, or how did that go? They contacted me most of the time and asked, or um, if I knew that, so when I see my, my uh, trainer, clients i tell them to tell their sponsor sponsor partners um so they know that i'm coming and sometimes they end up sending products um and we take pictures because it anyways like we anyways take pictures of them and then they just wear the newest breeches and i don't know like the newest top and the company can buy these pictures afterwards if they are interested in that or not because it's just a good to have. So they save a little bit of money because they don't have to pay the photographer and um, my clients get new products. But um, 
I think because of all that, I also have a lot of uh, requests, inquiries, inquiries uh, from brands that just book me for like a whole day uh, to get their um, collection, the new collection or to, yeah, that's, I think it's also like the same, just show that you know how to do it and then you will get booked for exact thing. Mm -hmm. I want to highlight something because what you said is so smart that if you are working, you have a photo shoot coming up with a, a rider and you tell them, tell your brands and sponsors that I'm coming. And that is so smart because number one, like you said, you're saving those brands money. You're getting more bookings and more money and your um, models or, you know, riders are getting stuff. So it's a win, win, win for every single person involved. And then you're more likely to get even more. I think that is so incredibly smart. I think many photographers do that. Um, so they just sell because I sell a different licenses to companies because it's a whole a different way of, um, of picture rights. If you, I use them for uh, commercial purposes. Okay. So of course they have to pay it separately, but still they save the money for the photographer on location. They don't get what they need sometimes, right? Because maybe they need like super detailed close-ups. I don't offer that because they have to pay me on location. Yeah. So if they want to give me like a super um, precise um, advices, uh, they have to pay that. Like I, but that's fine. So many uh, companies do that, but if they just want to have the, their sponsor partner, like the trainer, wear the newest stuff, they are happy to send it and sh she can wear the new stuff for the pictures. But then afterwards they have to pay the licenses to use these pictures because they have to tell me which one. So they get and the whole gallery can pick the pictures they want to have and then they just pay the license and uh, yeah but if they want to have me do certain things they have to pay me for the time on location I charged it uh, differently mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or separately yeah no very very smart and like I said I'm not I'm not in any way in that side of like I know nothing about the photography videography <laughs> industry so I'm like Whoa, wow, like I'm just everything is, is new to me. So I think it's great. Um, I think you've given great advice. Um, and I hope that our listeners are, are picking up on some of these tips as well, if they're like me and they didn't know. <laughs> so if some of our, our listeners are interested in combining their creativity or skills with their love of horses, so it doesn't have to be photography or videography or anything like that. It's just, it's a sense of creativity or skills. Maybe it's art, um, maybe it's writing, whatever it may be. What advice would you give them to get started? You have to make a good research about the market. So whatever you want to do, you have to know your competitors and you want to know the pricing and the current pricing for whatever you want to sell. If it's a service or product, I don't know. Um, that's, I would say, is always the first step. Just like get to know, is it existing already? And what is the price for it? And who is your competitor? And then... Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's like a whole marketing thing behind it, right? But mm -hmm. you can just like look that up, like online, how to start my business. But um, I think my biggest thing and also what I missed in the super beginning was um, to look up 
uh, competitors and to look up like um, a comparable work and also to so whatever you do you want to be the best because you want to you know like it's just what you I'm the best for yourself but also the best like you want to offer the best offer <laughs> for everyone so just make sure that you are up to date and that you know how to do your job the best way possible so also i recommend to do workshops and coachings and 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 book someone who already does whatever you want to do and um yeah mm-hmm. just ask ask others that also do it and don't be shy or be like oh my god i, I don't want to ask her because you can ask some people maybe ask for money if they um share their uh, knowledge but that's fine i paid a lot of money <laughs> to get <laughs> others knowledge yeah, absolutely. That's that's good advice as well is to take workshops and take different things and and even ask people. Um, you know, I, I remember um, I had once this is completely different, but I was interested in physiotherapy mm-hmm. and I thought that's a lot of schooling to have to take before I do that. I'm going to go to a physiotherapy clinic and see if I can job shadow. And I job shadowed them and I realized that this is not what I want to do, <laughs> you know? And so it's, it's just those things. that's very important to, yeah. to test the waters rather than diving right in, um, yeah. you know, to ask those questions. Like you said, more often than not people, whatever industry they work in, they're more than happy to answer questions, you yeah. know, to just say, here's, here's my advice or, or whatever it may be. And that's so important is, is anybody that's interested in getting into something, find out who's doing it, who's doing it well, and see if you can, like you said, book them, um, speak with them, take a workshop or or a class with them. I think that is, is really important. I think so too. So we have, um, a few questions that we ask every podcast guest and, um, they're just quick rapid fire questions. Um, and I'm, we're going to start at the first one. Um, so it's, do you have a motto or a favorite saying? Yes, I do. Um, it's, uh, oh God, it's actually German. So uh, let me just try to trans- uh, translate it. Um, if it's meant to be, it will happen. Mm-hmm. If it, if not, it's not meant to be. I think that's how I could. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I completely agree with that, uh, saying. The second question is, who has been the most influential person in your equestrian journey? I love Ingrid Klimke. She's mm-hmm. like a super nice lady and she just, she's amazing. She is amazing. We're very fortunate to have her as a trainer um, on our WeHorse platform. And there is nothing that woman can't do. She's absolutely incredible. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the third one is, if you could give equestrians one piece of advice, what would it be? Read and practice. The last one is, please complete this sentence. For me, horses are? Best friends. Mm, I like that. Is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners? No, I I think I shared a lot. (laughs) All good stuff. It was great. (laughs) We really appreciate it. Hopefully, yeah. And where can people find you? How can they connect with you? And also, um, how can they see your work? Oh, they can follow me on Instagram. They can see me on Facebook. They can see me even on TikTok. I have a website. Just uh, type in my name and then you'll find me. 
Perfect. I'll link um, all of your social media and websites and that in the show notes as well so people can find you. Um, it goes without saying that I highly recommend checking out her work. Um, it is so incredible. Um, and our recent podcast guest, Anna Buffini, um, is, was also one of her clients. Um, so we love seeing the work that the two of you do together. Oh, thank you. I love Anna. She is like the best person to be around. Like She's, she's so, wonderful. Yeah, yeah she's amazing. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I really appreciate um, your openness and honesty and, um, and all the advice that you'd given to everybody. So thank you so much. Thank you too. It was such a fun time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Equestrian Connection podcast by WeHorse. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a rating and review, as well as share us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at WeHorse underscore USA and check out our free seven day trial on WeHorse.com where you can access over 175 courses with top trainers from around the world in a variety of topics and disciplines. Until next time, be kind to yourself, your horses and others.